Welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host. And today, my guest is Carly Shortino, a.k.a. Sludever. Uh, Carly has a blog. Uh, she's from New York. She has a blog called sludever.com. I have a blog called I'mBoyCrazy.com. We refer to each other as like uh, New York, L.A. counterparts or whatever. Um, I heard about her years ago. She met my friend Ariel Pink in New York, and then he told me that she said she's the New York version of me, Alexi. So I remember thinking, who the fuck does this girl think she is? What? Comparing herself to me? I don't even know. What? Then I checked out all of her cool shit on the internet, fell in love with her, watched her in some Vice videos that she hosted and acted in and wrote or whatever she did, and she's fucking cool as fuck. Really smart, funny. We're both fascinated and obsessed with the same things. Love, dating, sex, relationships, what it all means. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for her, but that's how I see her. I think she's cool. Not because she reminds me of me. That's not what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I was so excited to interview her on the show that, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm giddy. I was giddy like a schoolgirl. I have tons of female friends, and... uh but I'm an only child, and when I get excited about someone, I get very excited. And I think that comes through during the interview. Um, afterwards, after we finished up, I gave her a ride to the Grove because she is visiting from New York, and she needed a ride. So I thought, why take an Uber when you have a new best friend named Alexi Wasser? So she's in my car. We get to the Grove. I give her some pointers, tell her what shops to check out. And as she's getting out of my car, I make the move. I lean in, not to kiss her, just to give her a new best friend hug. And instead, I hit her in the face. Uh, but even then, she's so fucking cool. She was like, uh, no, it's okay. Uh, I liked it. Or something. She has a very deep, sexy, um, unique, special, intoxicating voice that uh, makes you just want to lean in, you know? Anyway, I should have edited out a lot of the stuff I revealed I just like overshared and we talked about so much stuff we talked about prostitution Instagram uh modern jealousy Esther Perel uh, dating apps porn just like a million things that I would want to listen to on a podcast about you know eavesdropping in on two girls gabbing about life Ugh, I can't believe I just said that anyway that's neither here nor there the point is I hope you enjoyed the episode and on a side note of a side note I kind of want every intro that I do uh, for this podcast uh, to tell you about what I've experienced this week. Okay, so for this week, I, I'm i a single girl, all right? I'm single. I love being single. I love being in a relationship. Both are wonderful things. To be in love and in a relationship is fantastic. To be happy and single, fantastic. But I still feel like pulled and a slight, I feel like compelled to date, but dating is exhausting. And this week I got asked out on two dates, which is, you know, it's nice. It's great. It's not, it's not a bummer, but I was asked out by a 21 year old and a 62 year old. And they're not even related. It wasn't even like, like some grandpa and his grandson, like propositioned me for like a wacky threesome at like the third street promenade. It was just like, Two totally separate incidents. Uh, one one 21-year-old at a bar got my full name, because that's all you need nowadays, slid into my DMs on Instagram, 
ask me on a date. And then the 62-year-old, I'm on a dating app. I reference it all the time on this podcast and in my life. It's called Raya. Um, and uh, I thought he was 50. I thought I was pressing the heart button on a virile 50-year-old. Then when we, when we matched, I realized, oh, shit, he's 62. But the sicker thing is I haven't ruled out going on a date with either. So I'll keep you posted on that. But uh, you know what? That's enough for me. I'm going to shut the fuck up. And uh, I hope you enjoy my interview slash conversation with Carly Shortino. Now entering Nerdist.com. Okay. Tell the story of how we met. Okay. First of all, I knew about your blog a zillion years ago, like in 2008 probably. Okay. I was... I obsessively read your website you did and then i tried to friend request you on facebook but you had too many friends oh i love this story and it was the early days of facebook at the point when the idea of having too many friends was like bizarre to me i was like what oh wow so you're unfriendable and then i met ariel pink at an orgy in bushwick he was at an orgy in bushwick wait do i have to tell people who are listening who you are and why are you even on this show (laughs) let me just backtrack backtrack a little bit and then we'll get right back into the orgy okay so Carly has a blog as well, and that's what I was trying to get to. I have a blog called I'mBoyCrazy.com. She has a blog called Slut Ever, all right? So you're like my New York counterpart. That's how I describe you. And you also have hosted like numerous series on Vice, right? Yeah, it, uh, it's sort of like a sex ed comedy, sex satirical sex ed web series, and then like various other documentaries that fall under the umbrella of sex and relationships. Okay, it's not like you've never said that before, well, right? Uh, anyway... <laughs> Um, but yeah, your stuff is amazing. And I was just watching one of these, well, I think maybe the first one you ever did where it's kind of like, it's kind of like, a you know, it's like sex in the city, Carrie Bradshaw thing where you're like, this is me and this is what I'm going to be up to for Vice. What's mm-hmm. that? What was that called again? It was just called the Slut Ever Vice show. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and then you have a column that you write for Vogue called Breathless. Yeah. Which is, is it every two weeks? Is it monthly? It's every two weeks on Vogue.com and it's a similar type of arena it's basically personal stories or anecdotes or personal anecdotes of my friends that i use as jump off points to talk about larger social issues that fall under the umbrella of like sexuality or identity or relationships and do you like being compared to carrie bradshaw because i don't mind it when people have made yeah, that comparison i'm it. like this is amazing yeah You're like this must be so weird for you i'm like it's not weird at all like You're she's like- my god <laughs> i know i love her um it's almost vintage now to talk about sex in the city is like vintage I know. It's kind of embarrassing. Technically, something's vintage if it's over 10 years old. Okay. But don't age us because okay. I want to be like <laughs> I want to be like 27 for life. Yeah. Or like a haggard 27 for as long as I can. Do you shop at Forever 21? And we will still get back to the orgy thing that we put a pin in. <laughs> don't worry. I don't think I forgot that. Um, you don't shop at Forever 21? Me I don't neither. think so. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Me neither. Um, anyway. Okay. So Vice, Vogue, Slut Ever. You're, uh, nobody's really trying to use the word web series because I don't think we've embraced it. Like We have the word blog and podcast, even though those are kind of gross words. But you also are starring in a web series called... Be Here Now-ish. Be Here Now-ish. I'm supporting character. You're, su- you're <laughs> a supporting character. Well, I mean, I, I was blown away. I saw it. And like I'm proud to talk about it because it's so great. I, like, I think it's really great. Because there's like, so much quote-unquote content out there that's like shitty. And just like so to be part of something... That's, you know, you should be proud of it. It's really good. I saw it. Your skin looks great in it and you're hilarious. Thank you. And uh, that's important stuff. Um, What else am I forgetting that you do? Nothing. Nothing? Are you single? Oh, my God. It's complicated. complicated. (laughs) Do you put that on your Facebook? No. Basically, I've been a relationship person for so long and I... 
I don't know. This is the first sort of period of my life where I haven't not in a long term relationship. I've been single for about four months, but it always feels like I'm kind of dating somebody. So I'm kind of dating somebody. You're kind of dating somebody. Are We're you- definitely dating, but like, I don't know what to call it. Are you attracted to Aristotle, our really sexy, cool 23-year-old uh, yes. producer? You are? Yeah. Me too. He's in a relationship, though. Okay. One, we can just be platonically attracted? Yeah. We're just taking a moment to stare at Aristotle because he's got a cool beard, a 50 Cotton, 50 Poly t-shirt, I believe, cool on, and a cool name. Anyway, and a nice job. Um, all right. So you're kind of seeing somebody. God, I have so many. Okay, so you, let's oh get God. back to like the orgy. Okay. We know what your things are. We can find you on Twitter at Sludever. We can find you on Instagram at Carly Sludever. Carly Sludever. We know where to find your blog, all this stuff. Let's get back to you meeting Ariel Pink, who was the person who first told me about you and your existence. Right. So I'm just going to be open because I feel like when I'm talking, I feel like when I'm writing things on the internet, they last forever. But I feel like in a podcast, because you're talking like, Nobody will ever hear yeah. this. It's just in the ether. It will evaporate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep not going. transcribed. <laughs> anyway. It's transcribed. There was this sort of weird pseudo sex party type thing that my friend Samantha was having at her house. And Ariel Pink was there. Oh, my God. And then we, like, banged. You did? Oh, yeah. Oh, my like, God. Like, in a group of people. Does everybody use condoms? I don't even remember. Oh, my probably. God. Probably? I can't believe this. Okay, I'm not gonna. I might have just said that. My first question was, I wanted to be like, do you have herpes? But like, we are on a podcast. That's another event of my business. I don't and, have herpes. Okay, you don't have herpes. Listen, I had chlamydia once, but like, ah! <laughs> when not- I was 25, and then you just go to Planned Parenthood, they literally give you a milkshake and it goes away. A milkshake? That's enough reason to want to get chlamydia. I know. One time I had sex with a guy, and uh, he, like, the condom came off inside of me. And oh, no. I've had that happen many times, but I like, and I think it's like a fun, not a fun thing, but it can really bring people closer together while they're having sex. He had never had that happen. So when I was all like silly about him trying to fish it out of my privates, he freaked out. The dude freaked out. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll go to the bathroom and figure this out myself, try to get it out myself. If, if you're not willing to do that and you're not having as much fun getting <laughs> to know me as I am, I came out of the bathroom and he had rented a hotel room at the Beverly Hills Hotel to have like this sexual, exciting thing with me. I came out of the bathroom. He put on all of his clothes because I weirded him out so much with uh, getting the condom stuck inside me. I don't know why I started oh, talking about this. Well, how old were you? Uh, this was like only a few years ago. Wait, you were talking about chlamydia and a milkshake. How did I get to the condom story? But that's so weird. Like, why do people make sexual situations so awkward? I don't know. Because you were like, do you use condoms? Because you probably have herpes. Oh, wait, what do you mean? About the guy or you? No, I want to know how you were talking about chlamydia and a milkshake, and that's enough reason to want to, to, want to get chlamydia drinking the milkshake. Oh, here's the thing I was going to say. <laughs> I, the guy was so uncomfortable getting the condom stuck inside of me, I... Uh, it got really awkward. I was like, okay, you got your clothes on. You don't like me anymore. I'm going to leave. I still had the condom stuck inside of me. I uh, when, And I called my my uh, my gynecologist in a frenzy. And I was like, I need to make an emergency appointment to get this out of me. But I ended up getting it out on my own. And I was so excited. It took so long. It was so difficult to get it out. By the time I got it out, I was like, wow, I feel so accomplished. I almost want to get another one stuck inside of me, which is like how maybe you feel about a milkshake that clues. What the cures fuck? Okay. Chlamydia. Like maybe it was how like a milk. How deep is your vagina? Like, <laughs> I, how could I, you, where did I'm you get tall. lost? I'm tall. I'm 5'11". All right. Okay, but like, I've never said that before. The idea of getting something lost in my vagina is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> well, things to look forward to in the new year, you know? Oh things to strive for. Yeah. How did we get here? So you're at a sex party with Ariel Pink, 
maybe having protected sex. You don't have herpes. That's cool. While you're having sex, you guys are talking about my website, I hope. I guess maybe that was post-coital. It was like... <laughs> I've I made out with him. I, I've made out with him. I've never had sex with him. I wonder if we've had sex with any of the same people. Ooh, okay. Who have you had sex with? No, oh, no. wait, we have. <laughs> never mind. I don't want to talk about this. Who? The oh, guy. who? Is he an actor? No, the guy I'm dating now. I didn't really have sex with him. Okay, okay. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> this, is, this is a really fun podcast. We're going to do this over, right? I didn't that out. This is all going to be edited out. I have to edit that out? No, I don't care. I just assume that you'll want to. I don't want to. I just want to get through this. I want to have fun. I want to talk about lots of stuff. We have to get through the Ariel Pink sex party story, though, and then because I have so much more shit I want to talk to you about. That's really it. That was it. But then post-coital, he's like, hey, I think you'd really like my friend's website. No, I already knew about your website. So this thing with Ariel was probably about three years ago. Okay. And then... And then I maybe he was saying that he was friends with you. I don't know how you came up. And then I probably was like, oh, my God, I love her. I'm like the Alexi. I probably said she's the L.A. me. I love that. Oh. You know what I mean? I totally like you get think listen. that I'm the New York you. I think – how are we different, though? Because we both write about sex, feelings. We overshare, even though I feel like you can probably relate to this where, like, I overshare – but I know what I'm sharing. It's not really oversharing. Like I, I present it in a way where it's like, this is me, but I'm holding back like really important things and I'm reframing stories that I would write, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, yikes. Oh, how are we different? How would you say like, you know, our websites are different? I think in terms of writing, in terms of sharing, of course, no one is completely transparent. Um, there are things that you have to keep private. And also, there are sort of periods of time in which you have to be able to process things before you can write about them, or I can anyway. And Lena Dunham always talks about, like, there's that quote her dad said, like, how quickly you fold the bows of life, or like, how quickly you turn life into folded bows of art, or some weird thing. That's a great well, quote. Yeah. Where was, was like, <laughs> Thank oh, you. Google it. Um, <laughs> Where it's like, basically her dad was making fun of her, but also praising her for the fact that she could experience something and then turn it into an episode of a TV show within a month or uh, something. Yeah, She's really quick to process it. But for me, it's like, I can't write about a relationship problem immediately. I think I need at least a couple of months to be able to understand it well, from a distance. Yeah. I think that I need to write writing some I think that's just like a Joan Didion quote that I'm going to butcher that I don't remember or something where it's like I write to kind of understand what I'm going through so I'll write while I'm going through something and then not not post it until like months later when I feel like there's like the person that I experienced the thing with won't be reading it like while it's happening anyway that's neither here nor there what I mean is I feel like I write about feelings I mean more like how are we different in like what we're talking about because I feel like I'm always like uh, writing about contradictory feelings about how I want to be loved and I want like I want to I want to be loved by somebody. But then I'm also like trying I'm always sabotaging things like I I constantly sabotage. I constantly want my ego to be stroked and to have like more than one person in my life. Like I'm not I'm not explaining this properly. I don't think. But no. Yeah. You look you kind of get validation from other people and from relationships. Yeah. And I take every, I make it so like I'm the only person with feelings and I'm going through all this stuff and I overanalyze everything. Would you say you, you do the same thing or you're more sexual? Because I feel like I'm not as fun. Like you're more like you go to, you've been to sex clubs, you've been to sex parties. Carly is burping right now. I don't know what the, what <laughs> this means, but uh, it's the Ritalin. But uh, anyway, um, but you're, you know, you go to sex parties, you talk about like dildos and toys and all this kind of stuff. 
that, you know, and I feel like I'm more just living with all the voices in my head about and over obsessing about like, you know, the guy I met at Whole Foods or something. You know what I mean? So what would you add I think to that, that we're the same, except I think it's what we choose to write about. So you, you're you pretty good at writing about your feelings. I am very embarrassed and terrified of my feelings. So I try to pretend like they don't exist. Like, you know, I really aspire to be a sociopath, but I'm not. You're so, not. Yeah. Why do you aspire to that? What does <laughs> that mean? I, I find feelings so... Vul- I hate being vulnerable. It's awful. Mm. But so a lot of, in my writing, my writing is more about... Um, it's almost like... I don't want to sound make it sound heavier than it is, but like an anthropological look at different types of sexual behavior. So I like go to a sex party and then just like quote what everyone was talking about when they were there. Yeah. But not go into as much as my own personal feelings. Personal feelings about the sex party or personal feelings about whatever it is you're actually dealing with in your immediate life. Yeah, whatever it is I'm dealing with. Um, I mean, sometimes I can go there. like, And, and I think that people respond really well to that. But be, people respond well to vulnerability and transparency. Like when I... Was me and my girlfriend broke up. I was wrote about just being really heartbroken for the first time in my life. It was I can't remember a year ago or something, yeah. and I got a lot of good responses to it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should do that more often. But it's not easy to Put be it honest. Yeah, that's why I took a break from writing my website because I was like, oh my god, I was like, I don't want anybody. I first of all, I'm just done with like sharing my, you know, what's going on in my life. I don't want people commenting and, and telling me that they know who I am because I'm sharing this stuff. Like they have every right to comment. But at some point I was just like, fuck this. Like it's another business. I'm done. Like it's just too much like inviting people into my life. And also it would scare the men that I would date away a bit. Like, do you ever find that? Like when you date a guy because you have a website it's called and, and it's called Slut Ever. Like, let's just start with the title because I've dealt with like <laughs> yeah. morons or guys that I really like. And I think they're so smart. And then they they're like, oh, your your blog's called Boy Crazy, like, and then they don't take me seriously because the title. Mm-hmm. But if you look at what I write, you know, it's funny and it's deep. But I mean, I don't want to be talking about what I write and how I feel about it or whatever. Right, it's not but, just being like, this is all the guys I want to fuck. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck. Well, I like boys, 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 boys. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, and that's not what your website is about either. And it's like really deep. It's hilarious. You're really introspective, and you like, you know, even your even your Vogue column. I mean. Yeah, I just read that yesterday where you're talking about how love won, like 2015 was the year love won, and you're talking about like Esther Perel. Am I pronouncing her name right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and and just talking about like, you're just really smart and have a lot to say. So do you feel like when you date somebody, certain men are threatened or judge you or have an idea of you that you have to like deal with? It's funny because I just had this conversation with my mom over Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. We had to talk about your parents, too. Okay, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Because now, so, you know, back, a slight background. My parents are pretty conservative, Catholic, Italian-American from living upstate New York. So my mom and dad, you know, met in high school. They have a pretty conservative idea about relationships. Wait, did they lose their virginity to each other? I'm, I know my mom has only slept with my dad. I don't really know my dad's sexual history, but... They met when they were in high school. Can we get your mom on the line right now? No. Can we call your mom? No. Right? I think she's a liar. <laughs> Just kidding. So <laughs> shout out to your it. mom. Okay. She gets drunk and she's like, I'm only messed up with your dad. And I'm like, shh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> um, no, but she, so she thinks that, she always has thought and still thinks that my website and my writing about sex and relationship will be a detriment to me being able to find a husband. Exactly. And I struggle. I think that about myself. Nobody's even chiming in saying that. Like, I feel that way about me, but go on. I haven't really found, I ha- okay, so. The when I started the blog in two thousand seven two thousand eight I ha- I was already in a relationship I had been dating a guy for about two years and he and then 
he started to feel really uncomfortable about the fact that I was writing about past sexual experiences. Um, he also wasn't very sexually experienced. We were in our early 20s, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was writing about our relationship and our sex life, and it made him really uncomfortable. And actually, m- the stuff that I was writing about ended up being kind of embarrassing for him, and it ended up being part of the demise of our relationship. And I really feared after that, you know, is this going to be difficult for me forever? Is this going to affect all my relationships? And, you know, in our parting, he kind of snidely was like, no one's gonna wanna. No one's gonna wanna date you. You, like, publicize. You like live tweet your sluttiness or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then, actually, what's happened since then is that everybody that I meet now, it's part of the package of me. So it's not a surprise. It's yeah. Like the same as you. It's like you're Alexi. You're boy crazy. You have a podcast about sex and relationships. So it's like if they're put off by that, then you're not gonna get past a first meeting or a first date. So yeah, I feel like everybody I date, there's, it's been filtered out already. That's true. Do you get mad if a guy doesn't read every blog post or doesn't read every Vogue column? Because that happens to me sometimes where it's like I make so much stuff like videos or I write in my blog or whatever that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a total monster. I can't cram myself down some dude's throat. But it does affect me if he's not like paying attention to what I'm doing. And it's so horrible. It's like disgusting. Do you ever go to that? Are you as disgusting as me is what I'm saying? I think that you want someone to be interested in what you do because I had a boyfriend that wasn't interested in what I did. Me too. The worst. And it makes me feel so bad. But also it's kind of nice to have a little bit of breathing room where someone doesn't, especially when you're writing about so much personal stuff. Yeah. You don't want to feel, you don't want to feel like they're over your shoulder and that you have this constant audience to the point where you start to censor yourself because of what, how you think they're going to react to something. Or it could be really cool where you could not say all the things you really want to say to the dude. And then put it all in your writing so yeah. they can see you on another level and really get to know you. And you can say all your worst stuff and your most deep, uh, you know, whatever stuff in your blog. And then when they read it, that's on them. But then they get to know you better. Yeah, but I think that's cool. But there's also the flip side of like when you put so much about yourself online and you're on like a second date and you try to tell the story about when you were 12. And, and they're like, like, I love oh, that yeah. story. Yeah, you're that in your blog. <laughs> and you're like, literally, I can't say it. Like everything I say, I'm repeating myself. Yeah. Hmm. Do you get really jealous? Oh, my God. Yeah. Can we please talk about something? This is what I'm experiencing. Um, I feel like this this podcast is so all over the place. But whatever. That's the energy I'm feeling. We're just going with how it is in the moment today. Okay. Are you yeah. feeling good about it? Are we okay? Uh-huh. Good. I just need constant validation. That's just something about <laughs> me that you guys should all know. Um, <laughs> okay. I am a possessive person. I, I've been jealous in the past. But I'm getting to a whole new level of weirdness because um, the last guy I dated... I made the mistake of when I was checking to see who liked my photo on Instagram, it was on the following section. You know how like if you f- switch over to yeah, like yeah. who your friends are following, what they're liking. And the last guy I was in a serious relationship with had liked some like sultry, like naked photo of like some girl who looks like 16, some like Instagram artist who's always like provocative photos, whatever. While you were dating or after? While we were dating. And then I went on a fucking weird journey. This is sick and embarrassing <laughs> for me to admit. But you know what? When I refer to this podcast as like a loneliness eliminator, I want people to feel better about themselves because at least you're not me. You know what I mean? Because like, and I know that I'm not alone in this because this is the future and and these things are all out in front of us. But I went on this weird journey where I saw this one girl that my ex-boyfriend, he had liked a bunch of her sultry photos. So I clicked on who he was following and I clicked on all the hot babes, like the most sexy of all of them. And who knows you know, what he was liking of the ugly girls or whatever. And I'm sorry, that's a horrible thing to say of like, you know, the, 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 the more, uh, the less beautiful women that he was following and who knows what, what he was getting into with the dudes. But I clicked on all the babes and then I clicked on all those babes, most sultry photos. And if he had liked those sultry photos, and this was like over a period of 49 weeks, which equals a year, oh my uh, God. 
every time I saw a like on a, on a scantily clad, nude, whatever, vulgar, whatever photo, it would be like a tiny death. Like I was just like a paper yeah. cut on my heart because I was like, I, oh my God, like he's having, not only is he seeing the photo because I've gotten, and listen, I'm going to shut the fuck up in a moment and throw this over to you. <sighs> I've gotten, I've accepted the societal thing where it's like, oh God, the coffee's kicking in. I've, I've accepted the societal thing where it's like, you have to know that like men and women watch porn and like it's okay and that's their business and I can't be the thought police. But having all this shit at your disposal where you can like kind of like go on a journey and you can like see the dude you're dating where who he commented on whose photo he liked. Did he have to like it? Couldn't he have just jerked off to it without liking it? Because I feel like right. when, when I post a sexy photo, I feel like if somebody likes it, they're kind of flirting with me. Do you feel yeah, that way? At least it's aiming to be noticed at some level. Yeah. And then I almost feel like Instagram flirting is worse than porn because people can, you can directly communicate with these people. Like you don't know what's happening. So my brain goes mental. What do you think about all this? And as far as like modern jealousy and social media is concerned, because it's a lot. Well, it's kind of coincidental because you just referenced in my most recent (laughs) Vogue piece that that Esther Perel TED talk. I just watched that yesterday and that's, and the one about infidelity. Yeah, exactly. Rethinking infidelity it's called. And I recommend it for everybody. It was amazing. And that's why, I'm talking about this because I felt like she justified my, uh, you know, tiny daggers in my heart for every like that the dude I like, you know, gives to some other girl because. Yeah, just like background, it's basically about how rethinking the idea of cheating as just being an affair um, and how the digital age has sort of changed affairs. And she has this amazing line where she's like. In the age at which, like, it used to be when you found out someone was cheating, it was like the husband came home and there was some lipstick on the collar and the wife assumed that he was cheating and then you just know that they're cheating and that's it. But now it's like you see a text, then you open an email and you literally can see the entire history of their relationship and photos and I miss you. And she said it's a death by a thousand cuts, right? Yeah. And that's why I'm quoting that. Yeah. Like paper cuts in my heart or something. I tried to make it my own. But anyway. No, but it's so true. I remember my ex-girlfriend cheated on me and I found this text chain of him talking about it with her friend. Wait, your ex-girlfriend or boyfriend? My ex-girlfriend cheated okay. on me. Okay. Um, and then I cheated on her back, just like... Very cool, very yeah, cool. Why not? Because like, <laughs> I'm a vengeful bitch. <laughs> oh, God. And, but at the time, she cheated first, so... And then I found this text chain where she was talking with her friend about what it was like to fuck this other girl and how she like wanted to fuck both of us because we were like a good combination or something fucking crazy thing yeah. i went insane yeah because i went also read them all and actually it i still haven't gotten over it because reading those things it's sort of like seeing those videos for war where like someone's heads gets blown off like it's burned into your brain forever that's exactly what it's like just kidding <laughs> it was slightly different but totally i know what you mean though it's like but you can never un- of it. you can yeah. never unsee that you can never un like wait so did you steal her phone and then okay and we lost carly carly <laughs> doing a spit <laughs> take <laughs> Um, Your boobs look so great today, by the way. Thank you. I'm wearing a new bra by Chantel. Very cool. It's really good for big boobs, everyone. Um, you not heard, like a sponsor. Yeah, you heard it here first, but they could sponsor us if they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, phone lines are open. Okay, keep going. So, yeah. Um, uh, she was asleep, and I suspected, and I looked at her phone while she was sleeping. So bad. I did I've that never so done many, that. Dude, so many fucking crazy jealous things. We opened our relationship towards the end. Oh, and one time I locked myself in the bathroom with her phone and while she was pounding on the door and I looked at her Tinder and I like went to her Tinder matches 
and literally would send them all these crazy messages being like, no, I took one of the girl's phone numbers and texted her from my own phone being like, back the fuck up off my girlfriend. I know where you live. Like, insaneness. Would we be a good couple or no? No. No. Okay. I mean, I only date men, but I'm just trying. I'm trying to push boundaries. Um, so, okay. So tell me, so do you think Instagram likes are a form of, of cheating? Or I don't think there's a form of cheating. I just think it's so annoying that we have to that everything has to be documented. I'm freezing, by the way. Are yeah. you cold? No, I'm okay. I just kind of feel like I don't know. At a certain point, you have to give someone some fucking space. And if someone's all, if someone is exercising their quote unquote freedom by liking people on Instagram, that's less bad than a lot of other possibilities. Who knows what else is going on though. Right, like this is just what you see. Yeah, I'm like, this is just what I see, but it's like, whatever. I'm more embarrassed that I'm like dedicated like an hour and a half of my life to stalking the likes, you know? The more, that sounds like more than an hour and a half. Mm, maybe, uh. but let's just say it was an hour and a half. Um, yeah, like I'll do... Oh, man. Wait, so would you be jealous though if, if somebody did that? Yeah. Oh, you would be. Mm-hmm. But you got to give... But you're just like doing cognitive behavioral therapy on yourself being like, you just got to give the person the freedom. I've, I've, you know better. What I rationally yeah. un- understand and what I do is completely different. I'm really trying to challenge myself not to be jealous these days, but I am. I'm trying to challenge myself to be chill because everybody keeps using that word and I don't understand it. And I, I'm not it. So, uh, but you know, are like, you chill? This is like an abstract concept. <laughs> I just can't do it. I don't like the word. It took me so long to be able to say the word awesome without like feeling gross. Anyway, um, oh God, what else do I want to ask you? Okay, so you've coined this phrase, or I think you've coined this phrase. Do you want a Listerine Minstrip? No. I'm just trying to get sponsorship anyway. <laughs> anyway, we can. Um, you've coined this phrase, sudden repulsion syndrome. Tell me about that. Oh, I actually didn't coin a phrase. Okay. <gasps> what? I, okay, get so out of here. Basically what happened was I was talking about this phenomenon that I feel, because I think I'm a love addict, I've realized. I like love the idea of falling for somebody. Yeah, I have that too. Right, so you, like, you think you... you trick yourself into thinking that you're falling for somebody so what i think i do is i i don't know if i've ever actually loved anybody (laughs) i wonder if it's all just ego and me needing to win do you go with that too where i'm like i want them to love me and i want them on my terms i want them to say i love you and i want them to be my boyfriend and then i can be like oh my god oh i don't and then i have sudden repulsion right i got what i wanted and it's like then i turn off like a robot yes and it's horrible but go on well exactly well i don't I guess it's it's true. It's about validation. Sometimes you want someone to like you back, yeah, because rejection obviously hurts. Um, but it also, for me, is projecting this image of greatness onto someone without really understanding who they are. You know, it's like a fantasy. That's what I I make a joke where I'm like, my favorite part of a relationship is the projection part. Yeah. It's like not real. It's like, oh my god, this person, they're this, this, and this, and then I like see who they are as I get to know them in the period of two months and I'm like and they fall off the pedestal and I'm like get away from me like I'm fine on my own or I or there's something better it's, I'm just I'm not saying I'm proud of that but it's horrible go on no it's true so I was talking about this with my friend um Albert I'm glad you or something <laughs> <laughs> wait Albert no my friend Mel okay. over lunch at one point this was a few months ago and I was talking about how I keep having this thing with people and she was like oh SRS I was like, what's that? And she was like, sudden repulsion syndrome. Oh, wow. And I thought that she had made it up. But then I Googled it and there's actually a few articles online. Okay. It's basically, 
I talked to my friend about it who's a scientist, and she was kind of describing it as... You have a scientist friend? <laughs> well, I need Leah. one. Who? <laughs> my friend Leah, she's my best friend. Or she's not my best friend. She's a neuroscientist, and it, we do make a sort of strange pair. Um, <laughs> but she always explains my feelings to me, which is why I like her. I'm like, why do I feel this thing? And she's like, basically, it's... She described infatuation as a form of insanity. Huh. A, temp- a form of temporary insanity. So basically, she's like, when people talk about love when you're falling in love as being high, she's like, that's not completely off base. Like you, the chemicals in your brain are sort of making you a little bit like delusional and not grasping reality to a a full degree. Not like we all ever really grasp reality to a full degree. I mean, I, I don't. No. So basically the idea is that you project these image of greatness onto somebody. You're sort of in this like high, excited, infatuated state. And then suddenly something, one, it can be a very small thing where you suddenly realize that like, they wear bad sneakers or they have bad breath or, or you like, see them from a certain angle. Yeah, or like or then you like suddenly realize that they like have two roommates and you're like, What? Like roommates? Yeah. We gotta stop. I know. I don't date men with roommates. Dude, I know. Okay, keep going. So or something like that, and then you're like, wait, and then that one thing just explodes into you realizing everything about them that is disgusting, and you suddenly feel extremely repulsed and never want to see them again. We sound like monsters, and I hope uh <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> this does not, not make us likable. Oh my god! No, but everyone experiences. My friend described it. I was talking to my friend about it, who's a man, and he was like, "Yeah, that thing where like one day you're dreaming about marrying someone, and the next day you're trying to figure out where to bury them." Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, "Exactly that thing." Do you meditate? No. Okay. Should um, I? Should I watch uh, a YouTube video? I I don't know. I'm trying to meditate because my brain works like yours, where it's like you know, I'm feeling all these feelings, and isn't it painful? Do you f- ever feel like? It's painful for you to exist with all these thoughts in your head and to like overanalyze things and think so deeply about the stuff. No, I just wish I could focus more. See, okay, so it's not painful for you because I feel like I'm my own worst enemy and I make life so much more unnecessarily unnecessarily complicated and painful for myself because I'm like, I put my attention on all this shit that doesn't matter. It's like the Instagram likes and blah, blah. It's like, who cares? Relax. Put your attention on something that... It's more beneficial, you know? You feel, like, emotionally out of control. Sometimes I do, and I and I go, oh, God, I'm being my own worst enemy because I have a million things that I want to accomplish. I have, I'm really driven. I have all these things I want to do. But then I'm spending an hour and a half to, so like, five hours, hours. Yeah, to, <laughs> to, like, doing weird, like, by the way, it, between the hours of, like, 1 a.m. and, like, 5 a.m., that's my time. I mean, like, I can go crazy on Instagram if <laughs> I want. Sleep. Oh, um, that's true. That's just time I could have been putting on something else. But, um, but yeah, I, so I have to try really hard to like harness what I put my attention on, which I, which is what meditation is. So as much as I like don't want to be talking about new agey stuff and meditation and all this stuff, um, I feel like for me, like I need to do it, you know, because yeah, I mean, I had this one experience last year where I had, maybe it was the beginning of this year. I got brownout drunk. You know the difference between brownout and blackout drunk? Yeah, yeah, kind of remember. I kind of remembered stuff, and I had sex with this guy. I'd already had sex with him before, like years before, before, and so I felt safe with him. But I was so embarrassed that I couldn't remember everything I had said, and that you know, mm-hmm. and I felt out of control. So I was spiraling over it. The next day, everything was fine. I didn't die. I got home. He was nice. He followed up with a text, all this stuff. But I was like, "Fuck! I can't believe it! Like, I was out of control. I'm so embarrassed. What did I do? What did I do? What did I say?" And I actually had to, that's when I started meditating, I mean, a little bit, mm. because I actually had to like physically like wrangle where I was spiral, like my attention. 
and I had to like bring it back to something else, like anything else, like writing. Like I had to like physically be like, stop thinking about him. Uh, I'm game. I'm going to focus on watching like movies, or I'm going to like finish the script or something like that. Like, but it was like I had to choose where I put my attention so I could control ultimately how I felt. So I feel like that's why for people like us, or maybe just for me, not for you. But no, I think I, it's helpful. I know I always complain to you that I find talking about new agey stuff annoying. Like when people are talking about crystal energy, oh my God, I'm, I know. Like, I I'm with you. Yeah. But things like meditation and yoga, which actually seem like they have a basis in just sort of a purely physical or mental like benefit. Um, you know, I understand why people do yoga because it's exercise. You know? See, I can't do it. I have to go on long walks. Yoga still pisses me off because of yoga mats. And I just think like, who are these douchebags? I can't stand you. Oh, yeah. Yoga is my worst nightmare. But like at least I don't not like I don't hate people who do it. Yeah. Uh, but um, that's cool. Meditation. I also think I completely understand it. And I almost wish I could do it because I do think that it centers you. And it apparently gives you energy. It does. It apparently reduces your anxiety. Something I have a lot of. Oh, I have so much anxiety. Oh, my God. As you chew on your fingernail i know i have so much anxiety it's crazy so apparently it's really good for that i just don't think i can do it i have so much add i can't even think about one thing at a time um i just tried this app called it's called headspace Mm -hmm. aristotle have you heard about it aristotle you seem so grounded and centered how do you do it he's shaking his head are you an introvert he's a little bit he's actually he's a drummer i knew i was drawn to him because he's he used to he used to be a drummer in a band. Oh, you love drummers. I love right? drummers. I like drummers and directors because I don't know why. And people I like are writers. Up. You like writers mm-hmm, because I'm a narcissist. Why? What does that mean? How does it... I just like people who do the same thing as me because oh. I think that um, writing is the highest art form. You do? <laughs> yeah. I love that. I do too. So you identify more as a writer because you act, you write, you host stuff. Like you're in front of the camera. You're beautiful. You're, you're... obviously I'm a writer. Okay, relax. Right, I'm just making sure. Job. I just wanted. I don't know. I wasn't sure like where what you. Yeah, you identify the most being a writer. That's how I feel. I mean, I feel like I'm a performer, but I, I'm the happiest when I write, and I need yeah. to write like as medicine. Well, you are more of all. Th- you are more evenly divide your time doing. Okay, that's true. That's right. Thank you for noticing. Mm-hmm. So, what do you want? Okay, here's the thing. Oh so God. you're a love addict, and you're not in therapy. You're a self-proclaimed love addict who's not in therapy. Mm-hmm. Is this true? Not in therapy, but I do. I have a friend who has been in psychoanalysis for like 30 years. Where are you going with this? <laughs> and he's like my therapist. We have these sessions where we talk on the phone for like an hour, and I'm like, here's all my problems. Talk me through this. And he'll be like, bitch, chill. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> have you had sex with this person? We used to date. We don't date anymore. But you've had sex with this person. Mm-hmm. All right. Is it Ariel Pink? No. Oh, oh my God. God. I don't Imagine know. getting advice from Ariel Pink. That would be a nightmare. <laughs> Like all his all his relationship stories are being like this one time this girl threw a slush at me and then I punched her in the face. That was well, the one main story. Yeah. Um, well, so wait. So if you're a self-proclaimed love addict who doesn't meditate, who's not in therapy uh, with religious parents or pretty normal parents, right? Like like. Yeah. But they're not like religious, but like weird, freaky shit is happening in the shadows. They're pretty conservative, but, but they're no, nice and fine. No, you get along very well. You get along very well. So. What's your ultimate goal? Because it's like if you are dating people, because I ask myself this this too, like you date people, what are you looking for? You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm addicted to newness. I, have, yeah. I suffer from sudden repulsion syndrome. I test men <laughs> to the point where I'm like, I wonder what they can take. Like I uh, – anyway, well, like this, that's something I do because I, I like – What are the tests? 
Oh God, it's so like I'm gonna be so fucking annoying and see if you're gonna break up with me. I'm just like I'm gonna ask you a bunch of loaded questions, and if you don't answer them the way I want you, to, I, don't, I just I do lots of different things. What do I do? I constantly talk about ex boyfriends, so the, because I'm a fucking insecure mess, and then I want to let the new guy know that I'm desirable, which is like so lame and embarrassing. <laughs> I've had sex before. Yeah, exactly. Like I've had, yeah. Oh, God, it's the worst. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm going off on some weird tangent here, which is the basis of this entire show. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not um, <laughs> I think you were trying to ask me what I want in life. Yeah, so like, which is like, I'll send you texts like that too. And I, we only actually just, you did send me texts. Yeah. That. You're like, what do you want out of a relationship? And I was like, it's like nine a.m. on a Wednesday. <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, what do you want? <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I've um, I do like being in relationships. I do like having a partner. I like having someone support me. But I do find monogamy pretty difficult. You do? How come? Because I just like to. I enjoy having sex with, no, I like novelty. Novelty is important to me sexually. I've been able to sustain monogamy for periods of time, but I think that my problem is that after a while in a relationship, I can begin to resent my partner because I feel like they're like in the way, like the gatekeeper of my fun and my freedom. Yeah. And I'm like, it's your fault that I'm not getting to be railed by other people, you know? Yeah. And then if I feel out of control, so, I don't know. Sometimes I also feel like sex makes me feel good. It makes me feel powerful. I feel, get, feel validated from it. Um, I think it's a sort of fun shortcut way to get to know somebody. Yeah, me too. That's my favorite thing. That's why I like having sex. That's that's one of the benefits of like I've had sex with lots of people. The pillow talk, the conversation you have post sex with another person is can be like the deepest conversation, the most vulnerable. You know, I love that. Is what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> I like it too. I like that type of intimacy with people. Um, but and I don't think that casual sex doesn't have to be. I don't think casual sex isn't intimate. I think casual sex can be intimate, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's like a misconception. But but I also want to have a partner long term. And so I'm kind of chilling out actually sexually right now. Like I was being yeah. like a slut from hell a couple months ago when I got single a few months ago. And now I'm there's I'm dating oh wait, well, hold on, let me come back. Okay. I always thought that maybe <laughs> it would be ideal for me to form a long term non monogamous relationship. But I also am super jealous in the times I've tried open relationships before. They haven't really worked. But I think that I maybe could push myself to try that. But I'm dating this guy now who, like, we haven't had sex yet. Did I tell you this? You haven't had sex yet? Who are you, Samantha? Having not, not had sex with that little tiny dick guy? Remember that episode? Okay, I'm quoting Wait. Sex in the City like a fucking piece of shit right Samantha? now. Samantha? <laughs> no, remember, Samantha did not have... Oh, yeah, wait, she tried it once, she, right? Remember when she scared Charlotte because she was like, we haven't had sex yet, we're waiting. And Charlotte was like, oh my God, this is a big deal, Samantha. Anyway, uh, let's edit this part out because I sound... Uh, I no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I love Sex in the City references. <laughs> Aristotle was like literally like, we're making a mark, which is great. He's a great producer. Okay, you've not had sex with this guy? Yeah. I don't know if I should be talking about whatever. Actually. Yeah, talk about it. Nobody's listening. He's definitely not listening. Oh, that's um, rude. <laughs> I don't think the guy I'm dating, well, he's probably going to listen. Yeah. Um, so we've been dating for like three weeks, I guess. Oh, that's okay. I mean, that's kind of insane. It's kind of insane. I mean, I didn't choose it. He, he, he like, Wants to wait, I guess. We've done like oh, all the other things. Does he have an STD? I already asked no, you no. this like a few weeks ago, like a week, week ago in New York. No, I think he just wants to feel closer. Wow. I think that's how he's lived his whole life. But it's kind of insane because it's making me feel a little bit more. Don't look. <laughs> Wiping my nose real quick. It's, it's, uh, maybe it's making me. Okay, so going back, my friend, the psychoanalysis guy who gives me advice, was like, the way to avoid SRS is to take things slowly, right? Ugh, yeah. Don't fuck someone immediately. Don't like don't 
treat sex like a drug where you need more and more and more until it fucking explodes and then you have a come down. Chill out, go on dates, don't fuck, get to know somebody, and then start to like them slowly. And rather than it being like a peak in a deep valley, maybe it's like a gradual increase in how much you like them. And I was like, that's crazy. I would never do that. <laughs> and now I'm being forced to do it. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is actually kind of nice. That sounds kind of like what I'm doing with the guy that I'm dating, where it seems it's moving more slow than I've You usually... fucked, though, immediately, right? I mean, yeah. But, like, uh, I'm just talking about, like, emotionally it feels, like, more adult and moving more slowly. But, uh, yeah, you're right. This is not the exact same thing at all. But, um, so, but do you know of this guy? Let's... He doesn't have an STD. He, that's I'm, that's so none of my business. I know. I'm not. I'm so ashamed. I'm not really ashamed that I asked that. But, you know, let's... <laughs> well, let's get something... Does he have a small private? No. Have you... Is there mutual masturbation happening? We've, like, done all the other things. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, as long as you know he has a nice size private. Yeah. I'm and not, a, like, and obsessed a good heart. with it being huge. Like, people are like, does he... Like, my fucking... I care. Puerto Rican friend, everybody dates, she's like, is he hung? And I'm like, oh, my God. No. Like, but Aristotle? Also, too <laughs> fucking big is bad. Then you can't walk. Yeah, I don't want something too, like, huge. I mean, you don't want some, like, weird nubbin. No, I definitely, I've had sex with someone with a micro penis. Yeah, not great, right? When you're like, are you in, in me? We did it. I went back for more, but it was like. You did? Yeah. Why? It was kind of fun. He was, like, actually really, he talked really dirty, and I kind of liked the juxtaposition of this guy being like, oh. choke on my dick. And I was like, well, I'm obviously not going to choke on did it. Did you laugh? I just made fake choking sounds. You did. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to go for it. Did you have anal sex with him? Because I always feel like no. men... No. I mean, it was definitely would have been impossible. Impossible? Maybe the most possible thing. His dick was like an inch long. An inch long. But that's that's the person to be having anal sex with, right? I guess. I don't, I don't... I've had anal sex one time. I've tried to do it like maybe five times when I was in relationships where I'd be like, you know, drunk with my boyfriend and feeling, you know, I'd be like, do anything you want, anything you want. And he'd be like, <laughs> anything? And I'd be like, oh... But not that. And he's like, so just sex the normal way? And I'm like, yeah, sex the normal way. <laughs> because, uh, and then I did, had anal sex one time. And uh, it was unprotected. It was unprotected. Oh I'm just saying, I know, like an idiot. Unprotected. He, is this too dirty for the Nerdist Network? No. Aristotle? He can't, like, looking can't over my... <laughs> Aristotle, by the way, and I asked him if it was okay to talk about this. He's been in one relationship his in his entire life, right? Oh, not one relationship. Okay. He's like gesturing. This is great. He knows that he shouldn't be talking, but he I know that... <laughs> He's only 23. He's only 23. He's in a serious relationship with the girl he lost his virginity to. Do you want her to talk about this? I already asked for permission before okay. you got here. I would never do that. I would never throw him under the bus like that. Um, That's cool. But yeah, kind of makes me want to like steal you away from your girlfriend. Oh, just, oh kidding. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Anal sex. Anal sex. He had an orgasm. I thought my body would absorb it. Turns out your body doesn't absorb what happened. What, like, it, I can't believe I'm talking about this. I really... Yeah, you have to, like, let it drip out. <gasps> right? Or what? Don't ask right. Like, you don't know. Have you had anal sex before? Who am I talking to? Yes. Have you had it? And then you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, it has to drip out of you. I've right? heard. I read it I've heard. Form. Oh, shut up. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's gross. It's disgusting. It's unnecessary. It's unfucking necessary, and I never. I just don't want to do it. But I'm just saying. I always feel like guys with tiny dicks, like that's that they would probably like anal sex the most because it's a tighter hole and maybe you should have someone with a micro penis on and ask them all these questions. I will. I can't wait. Anyway, let's throw it back to you. Okay, so yeah, so you're moving slow with the new dude. You've not had sex with them, and you're trying it a new way. Is the point? Yeah. 
And like, what's the biggest difference between, I mean, this is like such a lame question maybe, but dating a woman, like do, does this weirder behavior, what, what happens for you? Is it different behavior that comes out when you date a woman versus a man? I don't think so. I've never, I've always sort of been attracted to people that sort of are in the middle of like the, not maybe not the gender spectrum, but just in terms of like, I mean, I'm not attracted to people who are extremely macho or extremely male presenting or like super feminine girls and yeah. girls who act really girly. So I've always kind of dated people that are a little bit more in the middle. Yeah. So, you know, for lack of a better way to describe it, like men who have like a more feminine That's all I personality. Yeah. yeah. And like women who are more like androgynous and like ma- ma- manly, I guess. I feel like the more feminine... I only date men who sound super effeminate. I don't. It's just, I'm realizing that. Yeah, your boyfriend now. Like when I met him, everyone thought he was gay. He he's definitely not, but I definitely he, thought he was. I thought he was too, and he just sounds so gay. And then he'll do it. He does another thing that sounds very, like. Then he'll do a weird gay voice on top of his already gay voice, and that actually turns me off so hardcore. And I don't <laughs> think he knows that because he'll be like, "I know, right?" And I'm like, "Oh my god." Please, please don't do that because I have like a clitoral heart off right now. Which is like, anyway, um, but yeah, I've noticed that like men who, all the men I date who sound super feminine are the most masculine men in bed. Like they're the ones that I feel like they're just like, it's like gnarly, raw, like, I don't know. Like, does this make sense? Yeah, because maybe they don't feel like if you're if you're forcing yourself or you feel pressure, societal pressure, whatever social pressure to be super masculine and in control during your regular life, then in sex you almost want to be submissive and more chill. So maybe like macho dudes are more like that? Maybe so. Oh, yeah. So that's what I feel like personally. Like in real life, especially as a girl, you have to, you know, be- assert yourself yeah. and seem powerful or blah, blah, blah. I don't even know. And then in bed, it's like I don't want to make a single decision. Uh, me neither. But I do say, there's a weird thing I noticed where, like, the last two guys I dated are like, wow, I've never had somebody say I hate you so much in bed. We're like, do you say that? <laughs> yeah. I'm just noticing, like, like I'm like, oh, wow, what do I say? And I try to, like, because I'm not, I'm, I think I'm the least self-conscious when I'm having sex. I guess that's for me, having sex is, like, meditation because it's, like, the time where I, like, stop thinking and I just, like, go with the flow and I'm just, like, totally comfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, I do talk a lot. What do I say? And it's like. I hate you, fuck you, fuck you, you motherfucker. Like, all these. And I'm like, what does that mean? Can we, like, get your psychotherapist on the phone and find out? Maybe later. But I don't know what that means. what does that mean? I think it's probably joking or No, it's like, I don't know. Maybe I think it's, like, sexy. Like, what's the tone? Are you like, I hate you? Or are you like, I hate you? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, like, it's, like, kind of playful. I'm not into, like, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be dominated super hardcore. I don't want to be, like, hurt or anything. But it's, like, a light hair pull. Me being like, fuck you. Like, and like, just, but it's like, I'm into it. Like, it's like some kind of like sexy, I don't know. I don't, I'm, we're on a podcast. It's a bit of a role play because I feel like I am so, I'm an only child. I'm (laughs) hustling to have my life happen. You know, I'm doing all this stuff. I I own my, you know, I own my car and I pay for all my own bills and everything. So it's like when I'm with a guy, yeah, I want to be like (laughs) submissive. I guess a bit submissive. I just have to pay my telephone bill and I just need to be fucking railed right now. (laughs) I just paid the DWP bill. (laughs) Fuck me as hard as you can. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. Um, People are going to hear this. Uh, Is what I'm realizing. And I'm talking about anal sex. 
That's what I, okay, so that's what I feel about writing. People are always like, how do you talk about such personal things in your writing? I'm like, do you realize that when I write, I'm literally at home in my sweatpants by myself? Yeah. I completely forget that I'm taught, like, that what I'm doing on my laptop is going to be shared beyond my laptop in my bed. Yeah. And actually, but I get excited though. I know that I feel the best when I press publish because if I'm scared when I'm, when I'm pressing publish, I know that like it's a good post. You know, right, I'm going to be, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to be a little, I'm like, oh my God, I'm really putting myself out in the world. Cause those are the best things. Cause I feel like when I'm the most vulnerable and whatever. It's a tool for connection. Definitely. Yeah. And then, it, and then other people, when they respond, when they like, are like, oh, I was going through the same thing. I can't believe like you are too. It's like, makes me feel less alone. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, there is a thing where it's like, oh, this isn't real to me. This isn't real. And then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm putting this out into the world. Oh, God. But Because um, it's a huge, the internet is a really huge barrier. There's a, there's a way. There's, it's the World Wide Web. It's, it's the a big deal. Web. Have you heard of it? It's, it's pretty no, crazy. It's a huge barrier. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, like, the, the internet's a really big deal. Um, <laughs> no, because recently I've done a couple live storytelling events. Yeah. You do stuff like that. Yeah. And I just told some stories from my life that I've written before, but actually sitting in front of an audience and looking people in the eye and telling them per like full on was hugely more intimate and crazy for me. Yeah. It got very real. I was like, oh, people actually, this is, I don't know. No, I did the same thing one time where I told the like fishing the condom out of my vagina story in public. Oh, because that guy was, oh, I was telling a whole other story about having sex with some guy and him, me being like very young and not wanting to have sex with them. But I like people, I was like a people pleaser. So I was like, oh, it's too hard to say no. I might as well just go through with it. We've already had sex in the past. I don't want to. I'm on my period. And he like ripped. Oh, my God. This is this is like a lot. Is this Aristotle? Is this OK? All right. Whatever. Um. <laughs> anyway. Um. But I wrote the story and put it on, on my blog. About, he ripped what? About he like pulled. He went down to me and I had my period. And I was probably like 18 years old. And I'd had sex with him before. But he's a lot older. I'm sure you know him. This is all happening in New York or whatever. Oh I'll tell you later. Anyway. <laughs> his full name is. Uh, no. Uh, and he like pulled my tampon out with his teeth and like threw it across the room and i was like aware kind of cool aware, exactly I, I was aware enough of, uh, to know like wow i'm not completely comfortable but this is going to be really cool to write about like this is i'm having a yeah. moment and like he's so masculine this is so gritty and raw and cool like you know i could have taken i could have left I, I didn't have to have sex with them but like you know i was aware of how cool the moment was anyway i was going to tell that story on stage at ucb like years ago and I look in the audience and this the guy who lost the condom in my uh, cavernous vagina Lol. was sitting in the front row. So I had an aside where I was like, oh, I'm going to tell this story about the tampon thing. But look, there's this dude sitting in the front row. And I didn't point him out. But then I like told the condom story. And then I got to the period story. And then I realized I was in front of a room full of people. And like after the show... Instead of people being like, hey, great story. That was really funny. They were like trying to like avoid eye contact, you know? And I was like, oh my God. Like, you know, I'm putting these stories to my face and it's not cool. Who cares? <laughs> I just like, I used to care so much. And then I just started being like, actually, who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because life is sloppy, girl. Exactly. <laughs> I just, just don't feel like the people that I admire the most are the people that just are really problematically honest. That's me. Yeah. Well, that's why I like. I just feel like if I I love being the butt of the joke because I feel like if I beat everybody else to the punch of like talking shit about me or knowing some story about me, if I just put everything out there, kind of, and I do hold back some stuff. But if I'm the butt of the joke, it just makes me feel like I'm in control of like I'm in control of my life somehow, or I like it because I don't know what my fucking point is right now. But yeah, I don't know. I just like being the butt of the joke and being very honest because I know some people can relate. And yeah, it's I don't know. 
Me too. I mean, there's obviously things that we, that I don't tell people. It's not like I'm looking at my notes. Keep okay. going. No, there's obviously things that everyone has secrets. You know what I mean? I don't want to go to jail. Wait, are you jealous of the person you're dating? Watches porn? Uh, w- no. no, you aren't. No, not at all. The guy that I've been seeing recently doesn't watch porn, and I'm like, why? Is he, is he lying? I don't think so. Actually, I've dated a couple guys that don't watch porn. I like I that. This amazing. Oh fuck! What's happening? Get your phone out. What are you doing? Is that what this you're trying to do? Sent me this amazing text the other day. So this guy that I was dating, I don't know, like six months ago, he doesn't watch porn, and I was trying to write this article about men who don't watch porn. So I, I like those just, guys. I want to date all those guys. I know. And I was, and I was like, well, I just texted him, being like, can you explain to me why you don't watch porn? Do you want me? Do you want to hear what he said? Yeah, because I don't watch porn. I have to masturbate. Any, any, and whatever. Tell you later. I thought that I thought this was a good response. He said, I do watch porn very seldomly, but I also think that porn is a kind of alternate alternative sexual reality in which people appear distantly as objects, and which is mediated by technology, particularly by a sexual relationship to tech. Te- to technology that I find alienating. But sex itself, when it's good, when it's good, I find to be the opposite of that. So porn at some level can seem like the antithesis of what I like best in sex and sexual imagination. I prefer taking a walk to texting for weaker but not entirely dissimilar reasons. Does this make sense? It kind of did. You stumbled a bit. Oh man, I can't lie. read. No, I love it. Listen, it's all that riddle and we just snorted right before the show. No, oh. I understand. No, and I love this guy. This is great. He's like actually being thoughtful and looking at technology and porn versus like, you know, what he really likes. Yeah, I guess it's basically talking about how it's sort of like we were talking about in terms of like um, the Instagram likes. Or just are about talk communicating with people. So if you're communicating with people in front of an audience, that's real. If there's a barrier of technology, it lacks, it hugely lacks intimacy. So it's the same thing with pornography. Like for some reason, the barrier of like a screen or the internet removes hugely the level of intimacy. And if you need, if you're a more sensitive person, maybe. Yeah, I crave. It's not going to get off. I crave intimacy. Right, so then maybe that's what you need and it's not intimate enough for you. It's like too objectified. Well, for me, I don't watch porn. I feel like men more so than women watch porn, but I don't want to say that because I feel like we're not allowed to say these kind of whatever. I'm not supposed to say gender stereotypes. Everything's so politically correct. I get scared that I'm going to say something that's going to offend somebody, but but I'll tell stories about ripping my tampon out and going down on me. Anyway, um, yeah, I feel like when I touch my privates, uh, I don't watch porn. I know. I, I don't watch porn. I have to like... I actually have to like imagine like a real scenario. Like we're at the Chateau Marmont and like suddenly like oh this God. guy. Knows. I love that all your fantasies <laughs> are the Chateau Marmont. <laughs> we're in a suite and like I'm visually we're in a whatever like uh, what's the what's the uh, we're in a bungalow at the Chateau Marmont and so you know so and so walks in and I have to like know the guy or has to be some kind of how would I meet him? Should I meet him at Whole Foods? Are we friends? Does he really get me? Does he like me? Like you know whatever. Oh, it he needs like to be a story. He, he walks in yeah and then he like slowly you know puts me on the bed and it has to like I make up the porn kind of thing for myself. So that's what I prefer. And I don't use like vibrators and I do do use toys and stuff like that because I'm afraid of getting addicted to them and then having to take them on an airplane and then (laughs) and then having like somebody open my bag and I'll be embarrassed. But also like losing, you know, sensitivity in my privates. I you don't definitely you can become maybe a little bit dependent on it if you use it constantly. But I don't feel dependent on my vibrator. I'm just trying to lay without it. You came to LA without it? Congratulations. Yeah. I'm just trying to help the guy that I'm dating because I don't want to like lose stimulation or like sensitivity and get yeah. addicted to that. That's like, maybe that's another form of cheating. 
No. No. That's true. Okay. Um, I'm glad we caught that. I watch a lot of porn. You do? Yeah. All right. Basically, whenever I masturbate, I watch porn. You do? What kind of porn? Um, I'm going to start doing that too. Okay. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just we really like it. Real. I like what I like very exploitative porn where the girl looks like she's not having fun. <gasps> Why? I don't know. Do you like, like, oh, you I like casting porn? Casting porn? Yeah, where it's like basically like girls being like Cast- criticized. Casting porn? What do you mean casting? Like casting couch? You know what I mean, right? Aristotle, don't you lie to us. Yeah. Like, he's like, no. Aristotle is jerking off right now. Let it be known. Uh, I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I particularly like this series called Casting Couch X. So it's basically a girl comes in and he's like, so so there, I like the idea of a disembodied male voice okay. behind a POV camera that's sort of really sexualizing or objectifying a female body. But this is more about, um, I think it's probably some perversely about women, f- female body as an object, you know, and that's something that you fight against in your regular life. And then... I think porn is about, you know, processing or investigating your sort of darkest, most un-PC fantasies. I think that's what the function of porn is for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Okay. These are not things. It's sort of like you're where the darkest place your sexual mind can go and then you deal with that. And then in your regular life, you cannot be like a rapist murderer or something. Oh, oh that's true. That's a good point. But if I'm in a relationship and you're in a relationship, wouldn't it be cool to be able to. I know there are a lot of expectations, but on relationships, uh. But wouldn't it be cool to be able to talk about that with the person you're dating and be able to do that behind closed doors with the one person that – I mean because I'm into monogamy and I'm into – I just don't feel like one person has to give me every – like if someone's just not inclined to have that type of sex with me, yeah. like I should just be able to oh, that's go true. and watch porn that I like and then come back and we have our own sex, type of sex. That's true. I think maybe I'm boring and only like one kind of sex. I like passionate, intense – I think I have – I. I I don't know. I'll even have that with like if I have casual sex, I'm still going to like give it my all and have like, but I'm not into anything super kinky, you know, liar. No, I'm not. Okay. I've like got pretty normal sex. Um, I don't feel like I need props, you know, yeah. like props feel unnecessary. Yeah, it feels embarrassing. I feel like I don't even need lube. That's what spit's for. Carly like just burped. Spit. Why am I burping? <laughs> Stop burping so much. I had a, like a lot of green juice before I came here. Is That's that why? Cool. Is that because you're in L.A.? I don't know, probably. I went to a vegan restaurant in Silver Lake Lulz. Flore? Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. I like Good looking place. people go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wait. I want to talk. Okay. Now, I have been talking to a lot of my friends about websites like Seeking Arrangements and Name Your Price is one that I just heard about. Yeah. And I, we're finding that we, like, we know a lot of the girls on these sites that are like basically like, or just, you know, we're just talking about like uh, prostitution or, or like getting paid, you know, whatever. So here's where okay, I do this thing with guys and cause I've, I've been thinking about it. Like if I were a guy, would I be the kind of guy? Maybe this is totally unfair and I want to talk about this with you because you write about sex and whatever. And, and uh, it, I'm, I've gone on dates with guys and I will ask them these questions. I make them feel very safe. And then I throw in the, this like loaded question, like super casual. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah. Um, have you ever been to a prostitute? And <laughs> more often than not, the guy will be like, Oh, I actually have. Like, I, I have been to one. Or, or other guys will be like, no, but I, I, I would. You know, when a guy says yes to having seen a prostitute, I go a little bit dead inside. And I think it's because 
I don't care if a woman sells her is making money and is using sex to make money. That's fine. I've been really broke at times. I've chosen not to do that, but I judge the man really harshly. I don't like men who will pay for sex. What do you think about that? I mean, that's sort of what the basis of the Swedish model of sex criminalization is, where they where only the man is it's illegal only for the man. What do you mean? Illegal for the man to what? To buy sex? To buy sex is not illegal for a woman to sell it. So they, it's only criminalized on the male side. Wait, how can that be, though? Because it takes two. I know, exactly. Well, that's what kind of what I mean. And then there's that. So that model was started in Sweden, and then, then it was implicated in Canada recently, and, and some other countries, whatever. But there's, I think that's really problematic, because it's basically saying, like, oh, we're protecting the sex workers. But I just think, I don't think exactly what you said it takes two i just don't there's a lot of reasons why a guy would want to pay for sex and it's not owen only because he's a desperate loser creep you know what i mean yeah um i'm friends with a lot of sex workers my one of my best friends well don't say names here my god i was gonna say well you met her oh my god okay (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i really like her i don't want to feel like she's like being oh yeah okay well you can follow her on instagram just kidding kidding. she writes a she writes my website under a pseudonym under a pseudonym oh my god chill (laughs) okay i told you i'm trying to it's something i'm doing in the new year and we're not there yet go on so she she has a lot of clients that are really great and the, the thing is is that there's a lot of reasons why men would buy sex because they're busy because um they don't they feel like if they pay for sex, they can get a better caliber or like a hotter girl than they could in their regular life. That's um, true. Because they're traveling and they want to meet someone in a different city because they're exchange- they're turned on by the exchange of money. Because, you know what I mean? There's like, sometimes you, there's just like a smart guy and a, a pretty nice young girl who's looking for money and they just have sex and he gives her some money afterwards. And I don't think that's bad. I guess... We sell everything. We're a society, we're a society that sells everything. We sell I know. sperm. We sell our kids. Okay? We sell our kids? We put kids up for adoption. People buy babies. That's true. But do they have sex with them? I hope not. Me too. Um, <laughs> but it's just kind of like what we sell, we commodify love and beauty and blah, blah, blah. It's like, why is sex the one thing we're like, this is so sacred. We shouldn't have a price. It's oh, like, really? No, I don't. Okay. If, if a girl wants to sell herself, that's all fine and good. But then I have to ask myself, why don't I want to do that? Because I've had, I don't know if this, I've, I've had moments where I'm, where I'm like, and I talked about it with my mom, like in moments when I've been like really broke because I had an ex-boyfriend, an ex-fiance who was married at the time. Who was like? Wait, oh. you were engaged to someone who was married? No, I was engaged. Okay, I'm saying this all wrong. I was engaged a long time ago, and then he got married. Oh my god, these are too many details that will. If anybody hears this, I'll be like, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're divorced now, but anyway, I was engaged to a dude. We broke up. He got married. He had a kid, um, and he offered me money to have sex, and I needed the money. And I thought about it. And I'm like, oh, it's a guy I've already had sex with. I need the money. Would I have had sex with him? If money wasn't involved, no, I wouldn't want that. And I talked about it with my mom. I talked about like, well, I really need money. Should I just do this? And we talked about it because she considered it too when she was younger. And we both came to the conclusion that we would both prefer to like not have money or a need for financial gain be associated with sex, you know, and to kind of keep one thing where I only have sex because I want to, even though I'm a super sexual person. I've had sex with a ton of people. So... I guess that's where I come out of it. Like where it's like, I don't care if somebody else does it, but I do judge a man because I get scared. 
And I know I have a lot of guy friends who have seen, you know, gone to prostitutes, but I guess I just like, uh, it makes me scared. The power exchange terrifies me. What happens between closed doors? Like if, if somebody were my daughter, if my daughter was like, mommy, I'm going to do this for a living. I'd be like, oh my God, be careful. Cause you don't know. It just takes one person. I'd be like terrified. You know what I mean? You're naked in the dark. You're with some guy. Uh, money is power and it's an exchange of power. Sex is power. It but just then freaks it's me also out. Also, like that could happen with someone you met at a bar too. And a lot of times, these girls—I mean, you know—a lot of times we think of prostitution in its lowest common denominator. So, you know, street walking is like makes up a very, very, very small percentage. Oh of yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the other. So yeah. right. So if you meet someone at a bar and go home with them, you don't know anything about them. If you meet someone through an escort website or specifically a seeking arrangement, yeah, um, that person there's like a trail, right? Like that person is signed up to a website with their credit card. A lot of them have to give their tax information to be accept- accepted by the side because you have to make a certain amount of money for a man to be on it. Um, oh, wow, I love that. Public- just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're seen in public with them probably. Um, if you're at a hotel, their credit card's down at the hotel. I mean, people look at killed in fancy hotels. You oh, know yeah. I mean? No, did you see? Oh, my God. I just mean, people look at killed in the Chateau Marmont, is what we're saying. I just um, mean, yes. like, it, going home with a stranger to, from a bar to their apartment is so much more sketchy. No. Have you seen Searching for Mr. Goodbar? Oh, yeah, but that's that dark. That's it's, a slut shaming movie with Diane Keaton. Is it a slut shaming movie? Oh, it really is a slut shaming movie. You're it's right. It's basically like one of those movies where it's like a girl who has promiscuous is going to die. And then she gets fucking killed. Yeah. That's like the well, narrative spoiler of alert. every movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, I guess, no, I, I don't think that you're necessarily going to murder, but it's just like uh, that sex is just something that can be, or t- maybe it's, I get worried that like men are going to look at a woman in a certain way where it's like a woman can be bought and so, you know what I mean? Like that, that freaks me out. And it's like me going, I just have made a decision where I just I get scared of. I just feel like everyone has a price though. Like men have a price too. They do. I think so. Hmm. Oh my god! You know what the weird thing is? I love that show Gigolos. Have you seen that show Gigolos? Oh god! This is like reality show. Aristotle, have you seen it? He hasn't. Um, It's a show on Showtime. It's a reality show about male escorts and them fucking girls. And you see them like fucking girls and like. What kind of Ugh, crazy? It's just all different types, like just businesswomen who are like, go to Las Vegas. It takes place in Las Vegas, and they that go there. Fun. It is the greatest thing, and I'm like, oh, maybe I would get one of those guys too. But it's different because uh, I don't know. I'm generalizing again, but it's like these women are men are looking for intimacy as well too. But the women that these male escorts, uh, they, they they talk to the women. Like the the women need a certain kind of thing before they get right to the fucking because they're looking looking anyway. Whatever. I, that's neither here nor there. But yeah. No, but that's actually – so I've interviewed a ton of the girls that do Seeking Arrangement because I did this column, column for Vice for a year called Sugar Baby where I interviewed these girls about their relationships. And through my best friend, obviously, I've heard a lot of stories. And that's the thing that I found surprising too is that men – the men also often go to these women because they're like lonely, because they're looking for intimacy, because they're in a loveless marriage. And it's not just like, bitch, I'm going to pay you by the hour. Yeah, It's a lot of them being like – Will you sleep over? And the girl being like, no. I gotta go. You know? <laughs> and just like these sad guys who want to be, want someone to talk to. It's like a form of therapy almost. I mean, specifically friends of mine who work as in the BDSM world, like dominatrixes, say like, basically I'm a therapist. Oh, wow. You know, because like these men have fetishes maybe. And also a lot of men who go to prostitutes have like a, a sex thing that they don't feel like they can disclose with maybe someone that they're dating and stuff. I hate that. I wish they could. I wish like people would be more able to communicate because that's frustrating because you never know. Anyway, go on. Exactly. This is like the exact thing. It's almost like a sort of health, like mental sexual health service in a way. Like these women really hear a lot because it creates this bubble of transparency because you 
this person's not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know anyone you know. It's not going to get back. There's not going to be social repercussions. So often these girls who work as escorts, they, they hear a lot of really deep personal stuff. Like sometimes it's about their their marital troubles or their divorce or their kids. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like there does sometimes end up being like quite a s- serious level of intimacy in those um, That's even worse. Oh my God. If I was married, if you were married to somebody and he was going to, and you found out he was going to see another girl, would you be bummed? Of course he would be, right? Right. But, the, but this yeah. is what it is. This is life and this is real stuff. And Yeah, but I guess it... Oh, okay, so if I had to make the decision between someone I was married to having a, a f- affair or seeing a sex worker, maybe I would prefer the sex worker. I think I would too because of it's the money exchange. There, yeah. there some about... Ba- oh, God. But that's what I'm get, getting back to Esther Perel. I would like to know what her relationship looks like. You know what I mean? Like, she's yeah. married. She, you know... I'm just so fascinated by her because she explores whatever. In case you guys out there don't know who she is, you should totally Google her. But she explores like the need to have freedom and then versus, you know, the need to feel loved and close to somebody and desired by someone. I think that's why I mean, I'm just going off on a a tangent again. But uh, I think I've always dated musicians or people who have to leave town a lot because the relationships last longer because we're longing for each other. Mm -hmm. You know, people are out of town or it's like. Anyway, how are we supposed to make... Now I'm like freaking out. Now I don't even believe in love anymore because I feel like people are unable to communicate, need to seek outside the relationship in order to like be seen in a real way because it's so hard to just like be raw and transparent with the person like, you know what I mean? There's so many different layers of like intimacy Mm -hmm. that it's like terrifying. How do you trust or don't you? That's kind of what she talks about constantly is that how... The importance of distance, like when she asked like hundreds of people, when do you love your spouse the most? It was often like when they're away doing the things that they love and I can look at them from a distance and be like, oh my God, look how amazing they are at this thing. Like, so say if if she interviewed like your boyfriend or something, like a hypothetical boyfriend, you'd be like, when does, when do you love Lexi the most? And it's like, well, when she's on stage performing or something, he never sees me perform. I can't believe him. Well, just like when someone can watch you be in your element. And it's not, you know, I, I don't know. I know. It's just, uh, I don't know. I freak out. I feel like, uh, anyway, all, all this talk about relationships is, freaks me the fuck out. And uh, I feel like I have a really hard time trusting people. I'm, pick, I'm picking up, wait, here's what I'm doing right now. Oh, shit. I want to look at your Instagram really quick. Oh, my God. I, I want to know how scantily clad, so you don't. You don't post a lot of sexy photos on your Instagram. I don't really do that. Why don't you do that? And I love that you don't because I would expect if I was just a bonehead working on a superficial level, which I am, you know, a lot, but not with you today. I post the occasional sexy photo, I guess. Do you feel like there is like pressure to compete with the, you know, the other skanks on the internet? No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> but do you the thoughts? I mean, I just feel like that is like, okay we are supposed to like play into like the male it's like we're taking control of the male gaze and being like this is the game this is how you do instagram you know what i mean like i just feel like that exists that's so prevalent on instagram i like sexual provocation so i'm i do too i you know i'm like definitely been a lot of photo shoots that involve me not wearing clothes etc yeah. etc but i don't feel like i'd rather in a controlled environment create as you know be part of a hypersexual image than be like selfie i just need to remind myself that people like me so selfie with my cleavage that's what i posted earlier today let me say (laughs) (laughs) i did it because no i can't i'll show you later but uh 
but because I feel like the guys I like like super slutty photos. I don't like that. I mean, you know what I mean. But uh, uh, I'm fine with the word slutty. I'm fine. You know what? It's our word to take back. You yeah. know what I mean? We're women. We can We're use all these it. words. It's true. But um, so wait, are you on? You're dating this guy. Uh-huh. You've not had sex with them. Yeah. Are you still? Are you on Bumble or Hinge or Happen or Raya Tinder? Oh my god. I'm Tell not. Me. You're it, not. It's not like directly related to him though. I think I just had I had a moment where I was like dating apping, date apping. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to make that a verb. Yoloing. Really hard. Yeah. yeah, I was YOLOing. Uh, I was ethically YOLOing, I think. <laughs> I was like being really <laughs> transparent with people. <laughs> yeah. Um and then I was like kind of got bored of it just naturally cuz I'd been doing it a lot for a few months and then I felt like Rather than actually having fun through them, I was just taking, they were just time sucking and I wasn't even meeting any new people. Yeah. And so I deleted them all. And it sort of coincided at the time when I started dating this guy, but I guess, I think it. The actor who looks exactly like the new guy you're dating, right? No, I'm not dating. Okay, wait. Okay, sorry. I don't, whatever. We were dating. Remember the guy that I met, kind of. Okay, let's whatever. Not talk okay. About. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Be cool, everybody. Okay, okay. Yes. So, yes, you stopped. Being on, De- the on the app, I'm not yeah. on any apps anymore. I've actually also deactivated my profile, so I can't just like re-download the app and it's there. Oh my god, you're amazing! What I do, I'm still on Raya, but I've hidden my profile. No, I've hidden my profile, but I know that like at the beginning of like dating your friend, because I'm dating Carly's friend, which is how I actually got to finally meet Carly in person. Because we all we all had a dinner together. Um, when I was like, well, what is this? We've only been dating for a second, and like you know, it's not moving as quickly as I'm used to things moving. So he's not really my boyfriend. So I'd like go onto the app again just to like look around, see if anybody matched with me for a horrible like ego boost or something. And then I'd like hide the app because I'd be like, I really like this guy. What am I doing? This is crazy. I'm trying to sabotage it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm still on the thing and I'm hidden. But that's another way. That's another version of like going back to Esther Perel and just like modern forms of like jealousy and infidelity where it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? When like, do you delete the apps? And would you talk about it? Are you like, let's simultaneously delete Tinder? That's what I'm saying. It's like so bizarre. Like, I feel uncomfortable. Like, if I saw that he liked a really sexy photo or comment or was like flirting with somebody, it's like, that's not my place. It's like, I'd feel like that's embarrassing. I look like a dork. Like, that's is that a conversation you have in the future? According to Esther Perel talking about like secret relationships and whatever being similar to like porn i don't know it just seems like it's a whole new time it's like, yeah, like oh my is god tinder is just being on tinder cheating is like yeah not deleting your account cheating is like the fact that i can go on riot and i can like have my profile hidden but i can look at people's profiles and like still heart them or still like gaze at people or is that the same as me dming with some like i don't know about you do you get a lot of creepy guys like dming you on instagram not really, no. I just think all of these things are ways to keep ourselves from being vulnerable, right? Like if you can't, yeah. if you still have Raya, you're not fully engaged in your relationship. Really? And therefore, Even though I'm hidden? I don't know. It's just like you're there for, it's like a backup plan or something. You're so right. I guess it's really hard to be vulnerable. You heard it here first <laughs> yeah. on the Nerdist Network on Love Alexi. all the stories. Oh, God. But, uh, I mean. Does your guy you're dating have... Is dating apps st- still? I don't know. I think he, I don't know. I don't ask him because I feel like if I did that, he'd be like, well, wait, boundaries. Like he's very into boundaries, I feel like. Or I don't know. Or I feel like. I don't he loves know. boundaries. Does he love boundaries? I don't, know. I don't know. I'm like too afraid to ask him about that. I did tell him that I'm the type of person who actually needs somebody to ask me to be their girlfriend. Like I was like very calm. And instead of like being passive aggressive, I was like, all right, I'm, this is what I need. I need somebody to be like, you're my girlfriend. And like, I need somebody to say, 
I love you because like I say I use those words and I don't know whatever I don't want him to hear this but but I feel like he operates more in a way where he's like I lead with my actions like you know how I feel about you based on my actions and he does he treats me like a princess he like texts me all the time like he's lovely he flew me out to New York he's sweet he's like just like so complimentary and everything but then I think I focus on all the other stuff you know what I mean well there's labels like I need labels it's it's there's a theory that there's different types of communication, right? Some people communicate verbally and some people communicate by their actions or some people communicate with gifts or whatever. But if someone Gifts has, sound cool. I know. Okay. <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> Give, okay, sorry, go on. If somebody has naturally has a different way of communicating their affection, sometimes you know, just romantic gestures essentially get lost in translation because you're being like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And, and the other person not responding verbally, but they're flying out to New York and doing all this other stuff. And he's not understanding why you're not making maybe more grand gestures, but you're just expressing yourself in words. And basically, it's, sometimes you have to step back and let someone love you the way they love you, not yeah. the way you want to be loved. Oh, my God. Who are you? I, I saw that from someone. Oh, cool. Who? I think her name is Roberta Hayes. There's just this amazing video of her. Do you know her? No. I'm just looking at Aristotle because there's this amazing <laughs> video of her on on YouTube. Um, it's a little documentary with her about, about love and it's about how we communicate to each other romantically and how that gets stalled and fucked up sometimes. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I don't know. Is your goal to like be in a in a healthy relationship and actually like learn how to be really vulnerable with someone and not experience sudden repulsion syndrome and like accept people if they're not perfect and the newness goes away. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I've been in so many unconventional sort of strange relationships that I'm now curious to be like, what would it be like to just be in a really normal relationship? Like a normal heterosexual relationship with someone that I just like go shopping with. You know what I mean? I've never had that. I'm yeah. like, what would it be like? You've never had that? Probably would. If I did it, it would, I would get bored, but I'm up open to trying it. Yeah, I was talking about that with a friend of mine, and he got married, and he's like a rocker guy, and he's could be with any girl he wants to be be with, and he's like, he's like the new weird thing to do is to be monogamous and get married because now we've gone like the whole other way where it's like oh we're promiscuous, we're doing all these things. Now it's like fucking punk rock or whatever. That's what he said um, to like commit to one person and to just be like I'm doing this thing, you know? Yeah, maybe it's also about age when you're ready. I mean, I've That's never true. even lived with someone. I've you never lived with anybody. No. Yeah. So I need to take all these steps probably. I can't at some even. Point. What about sleeping next to someone? I feel like sleeping next to someone is more intimate than sex. Like waking yeah. up with somebody. It's intense. Oh my God, you're right. And what about like if something embarrassing happens in the middle of the night? Your stomach's like, growling? Don't say these words. Wait, I'm just okay, like, honestly? Yeah. I'm I get scared. embarrassed when stomach growls too, but why? I think we have body shame or something. Is that so, embarrassing? Ask him. I have so much body shame. I'm afraid. And like I'm everybody's disgusting. We're all monsters. Like I can talk about having my period, but I don't want to talk about I don't like any scatological stuff. Right. No. But we're all human beings or whatever anyway. <laughs> but like I'm terrified. Like I used to sneak out of guys houses or whatever, uh, like at four in the morning to be like, oh, I just got to go to seem to seem mysterious. But really, I was exhausted and I would have loved to sleep over. But I was afraid something embarrassing would happen in the middle of the night. I know what you mean. Why do we have these problems? Is it embarrassing when your stomach growls, though? Yes, I, I'm like a 16-year-old. He said yes. <laughs> it is. Wait, are you embarrassed, Aristotle, or is it embarrassing for the girl? Aristotle is embarrassed by his own stomach growling, which is very cool. I appreciate that you're taking responsibility. Uh, Why are we all, like, we're stupid. No, we are stupid, but let's just embrace it and talk about it. Aristotle, is it gross to you if your girlfriend's stomach growls? See, 
It's Aristotle yeah, it's says not no. Girls to me, if a guy saw girls, is it to you? No, because I put a man on a pedestal, and I feel like I have to be perfect. And I'm, I'm like, oh my god, if I make one more Sex in the City comparison reference, or whatever, I'm going to kill myself. Um, oh, no, go. Uh, well, I don't know. This is one episode where Carrie. Where Carrie <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Anyway. Where she's talking about trying to pose in front of Mr. Big and she's like, oh, there's perfect Carrie. There's business time Carrie. I find myself posing and like, you know, I got to be. Oh, this was the episode where she did something embarrassing. Uh-huh. Did you remember that episode? No. Me neither. Anyway, uh-huh. so I think it's because I have this weird idea and I don't know who put it in my head. I don't know if it was my mother, my father, society, whatever, because I know girls who are like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom in front of my boyfriend. And I'm like, why would you ever do that? You just like. I remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember some quote in Rolling Stone, and even though the relationship didn't work out, it was like Marilyn Manson was talking about, oh, it was like Dita Von Teese was yeah. talking about her relationship with Marilyn Manson, and she was like, the key to, or it may have been, uh, may have been Dave Navarro and Carmen Electra. Who knows yeah. anymore? <laughs> but the, the gist was the key to a healthy relationship is like separate bathrooms. And you don't want to fucking go there. Keep things mysterious and chic and we're women and like we get waxed and we wear makeup and we are, you know, you've got beautiful boobs and you're showcasing or whatever. Like I still subscribe to the idea, you know, I do like that we can wear, that, you know, I don't know. I just like but I want more to be like and more. A, I'm, I'm thinking that I always, you know, when you're young and you're insecure, you think that kind of stuff. But then more and more I'm like, I think men like intimacy i think they like to see the real you and they like to see without your makeup on and they like to you know what mind, i mean i don't mind because that. They, if you're always yeah opposing then you seem like a weird freak what do you think aristotle okay listen there's a difference there's a difference between like being like here's me with no makeup on which is by the way is like the goal like we're all like i my i like wearing minimal makeup right mm-hmm. i don't mind being having no makeup on in front of a guy i'm dating or I don't know, but I'm not trying to like, you know, pee in front of them. And I, I can't. I run the water still and flush the toilet like so many times that it's probably even more embarrassing the fact that I'm flushing the toilet so many times to cover the sound of me peeing. I, oh. I I'm so embarrassed. If my stomach growls, I go like, "That was my stomach." <laughs> I'm in my 30s. Okay. Yeah. It's, I'm not proud of this, but I just want to be real. Like, I'm, why am I like this? But like, I also don't want to be like the kind of girls like, like burping and doing all these crazy things. Like, there is a happy medium. Yeah. I don't necessarily mind if someone, see, like, we're talking about you, though. Yeah. Like, if, if someone, I don't, I'm not like dying to pee in front of someone, but I'm not necessarily anti peeing in, in front of someone. Yeah. Is that gross? We're looking at Aristotle like he's the god with yeah, all, like, with all the like, answers. What does that man have to say? <laughs> Also, being in lesbian relationships, it's you become so gross. You do. That's actually sounds cool because I don't get self conscious about that kind of stuff. I can talk about that kind of stuff with other girls. Yeah, like I, there was literally zero boundaries between me and my girlfriend to the point where it was like actually kind of gross. Like at some certain points, I'd be like, should I like keep up the mystique? And it was actually just like no. Uh, why? Because she was into it. She got off on no mystique. I just felt entirely comfortable in a way that I actually don't think I ever will be around a dude. I hope you aren't because that sounds <laughs> disgusting. I, I mean, maybe I'm a female misogynist. I know that I was ra- I was raised that way, but now I've like through a lot of therapy. I'm I love women. I I used to be so. I used to be like I was raised to be a female misogynist. Like my my dad didn't realize this that he was doing this to me. This is what happened, and then I became a woman, and then I was like just self hating. You know, like just mm-hmm. so embarrassed and like. So I've I've gotten past all that, but I still, yeah, I like mystery. I feel like even Esther Perel talking about like you know when she's talking about like desire and like you know somebody over here and it's just like 
I feel like mystery plays into that. You know, you don't want to show all your cards. You want to kind of like, I mean, I'm just trying to make bathroom stuff fall into like Esther Perel talking about it, even yeah. though she didn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but maybe that's why I think sleeping over is more intimate because there's a possibility for something horrible to happen. Like I would, uh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> oh my God. I think that these are insecurities everyone has. Really? Yeah, right? How long have you been going out with your girlfriend, Aristotle? Six years. Does she do gross stuff in front of you? If she does, I don't want to know about it. Not like restroom stuff. <gasps> Ew, what the hell does that mean? Oh Aristotle God. said this, not like restroom this stuff. This is what we've been talking about for like a zillion hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wait, let me look at my notes that I have for you. No, um, number one, talk about going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, just talking about, here's what I wanted to talk about when we were talking about app stuff. Uh, dating apps. I had never been on a dating app. Until Raya, which I talked about my in the last Nerdist Love Alexi podcast, um, where it's like Illuminati Tinder. It's like Tinder for, for douchebags and a bunch of guys wearing fedoras who are DJs on a yacht or whatever. Mm-hmm. And some cool indie people, uh, I think. <laughs> um, I, don't, I think it's so rude because this is something I, I, I came across. I'm dating someone. I'm not on Raya anymore. But sometimes I will see who comes up in the feed. When I'm bored, I'm addicted to all my things. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, yeah. re- refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. All these things. And Raya is one of them. I've got to stop it because it's just like a bad habit. It's meaningless, but it's a bad habit. But I will notice that guys I've gone on dates with that I match with have unmatched with me. They've unmatched with me. I wonder why. And I just feel like that's so unnecessary and such a hostile move in Tinder and any dating app. It's like if you match with someone, you go on a date or you don't and it doesn't work out. Why would you unmatch with them? You really need to clean up, clean out your your match section. Yeah. I think I think it's such a, like a a passive aggressive or maybe even an aggressive aggressive action. It seems and, unnecessary, especially if you're not messaging them. Yeah. And that happened a few times and I was just like, ew, fuck these women. Wait, wait, maybe jerks. they deleted their profiles. Maybe they, how could they have deleted their profiles if they see that, if they're coming up in my feed? Oh, oh. So I just think that's a hostile move and you guys shouldn't do it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> We've lost all steam <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Is some of this going to be edited out? I mean, Carly's burping again. What's uh, going on? How, how long? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just let, let it be. Because I think it's kind of cool to have, like be eavesdropping on this like weird conversation that you and I are having. Yeah, okay. We're not. No, I'm down. Um, God, we could get into ghosting, but it feels forced. Yeah. So listen. I feel like we talked about a lot of good stuff. We talked about a lot of good stuff. Here's where we're at. If you want to find Carly and what she's up to, you go to slutever.com, mm-hmm. right? Uh, she's a cool... Wait, did you describe yourself as a neo-feminist? I have no idea. I heard you did that. You did that one time, and I just want to be clear. What is neo feminism? Because am I a neo feminist, or am I like hurting women? Am I like hurting the, the the movement? I don't think I am. I'm being who I am. I'm being true to myself, which is the whole point of feminism. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like modern feminism is so. Um, it's such a person. We're in such a personal wave. You know, it's so. There's so many branches of it. I think when it started, it was more unified, and then in the 80s, it kind of broke off because there was like the pro-sex feminists and the anti-sex feminists, and now there's just like a zillion types, and yeah. it's just, I think, about people doing what feels good for them. Um, of course, I'm a feminist because I feel like essentially feminism is just like the belief that men and women should be equal, which Yeah, I do believe. Me too. But I don't feel like everything I do has to be like, and this is my feminist sex column, this is my feminist podcast or whatever. It's just like... It's the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think that... 
I don't know. It, at a certain point, it becomes pigeonholing, and I don't feel like I only need to... Sometimes, I, you know, you don't want to just preach to the choir. I want to talk to all women and men, too. I don't want to just talk to a small group of like-minded feminist women. And also, sometimes it seems like it, the, the term feminism is so loaded that it seems like it's not about being equal with men. It's more about being like, fuck you, men. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like sometimes it goes in that direction. That's like something you have to be super aware of where it's like it's not about being like I'm you know, mad about how, how I've been oppressed by men. It's about like rising to the occasion and, you know, being equal. But, oh, I asked this to my last guest because I've been talking about this because I talking about the male gaze. All right. This is a uh, this is too cerebral for me right now. I don't know if I can even <laughs> talk about this bullshit, but um, OK. So I only recently became aware of the male gaze because I'm a bonehead and I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe it. The whole, you know, women are just seen primarily through the eyes of men. And like that's how I, I see myself through the eyes of a man when I'm looking at a woman in a movie or in a music video or blah, blah, blah. So I was getting into a conversation with one of my girlfriends and her boyfriend, uh, who was a total dick, by the way. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, and we were like, OK, what would the what's what would the female gaze be to counter the male gaze? And I feel like because I feel like the male gaze is primarily like sexual sexualization of women and like ageism and all these kind of things what is or well, the female gaze is a thing too and it also can be on both women and men right because like sometimes the female gaze is also about women analyzing women through the lens of what a man likes you know what i mean because we live That's in a society that like that like judges women by really so it's like the patriarchy so it's like women are judged by male approval so then women begin to judge other women by the same standards and i think that a lot of young feminists today like people like Petra collins and all those people are kind of trying to subvert that with all the kind of body hair worship stuff and you know like oh, they're arbiter grant they're like because they're saying like we're going to appreciate each other's bodies not through not through the lens of what men like. Yeah, that's why I get in arguments with my dad. I rarely talk to my father, but when I bring up, like, when we talk about Lena Dunham or blah, blah, and he's like, ugh, right. and he's just so horrible. He just doesn't like any woman who's not, you know, uh, classically beautiful or whatever we're supposed to like. And I'm just... I think that's so important just to be able to, I mean, not that you don't know all these things. I'm sure we, whatever, but we're talking about it now on a podcast with microphones in our face. But, uh, you know, it's just so important that she puts herself out in the world so we get another, like, you know, it's like what all these girls are doing where it's like seeing it a different way and accepting different body types. So it's like other girls feel less alone, you know? Totally. And I think that, I think the fact that Lena Dunham put herself out there and so people were like, she's obnoxious. And like, why do we have to see her naked body all the time? And it was like, but because it was just like a huge red flag in a way. It was just like drew so much attention to the fact that we only want to see women's bodies as being like sexual decorations. And it completely um, proved its like purpose. So there was a zillion thing pieces written about it. And people started to analyze like, why do we only feel like it's valid to see women's bodies when they're, pleasing sexually pleasing like we should be able to see women's bodies in all forms yeah just like we see men's bodies in all forms exactly like we don't only expect to see a man with a shirt off if we can jerk off to it but it's like women it's like don't be naked unless we can jerk off exactly to oh man where do we go from here we've said it all we've talked it to death <laughs> yeah and by it i mean all of it <laughs> but did i hit all my notes is what i want to know i had so many notes look check them out do you regret doing this no i don't regret it I'll share. I'm going to share this on all of my socials. Where can we find you? Slutever.com. Slutever.com and 
um, on Vogue.com. Every two weeks, I write a column called Breathless. Oh, my God. It's my favorite column. It's so great. Um, you are a wizard master. And what are you excited about for 2016? Like, what do you hope to... How do you hope to grow? What do you want to do? Oh, I'm writing a book, which sounds fucking torturous. You, books are really long. Oh, my God. As long as this podcast? Probably not. <laughs> but what's your book going to be about? This is crazy. It's like a directional memoir about... Um, me, like, growing up and living in a squatted commune and being a slut with Catholic parents or something. So that's how you... I know I'm still talking. I'm trying to end up the show, <laughs> but there's more stuff I want to talk about. Uh, that's how you came to do what you do, right? Like... I don't know. I just, like... I grew up in this really conservative family. I moved to England. I lived in a squatted commune for, like, six years. And then I started writing a blog, and I was, like, a freaking dumpster diving, like, slut, basically. You sound like Sofia Amoruso from Nasty Gal. Really? She referred to herself as a freegan, whatever. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Go on. Huh. And then you did some sex work and blogging stuff, and it's all about all of those things. Interesting. This is exciting. Yeah. Um, so, and then everything else continues. More stuff when we find you on Vice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a couple documentaries coming out, I think. We're losing Carly fast. <laughs> um, oh, man, there are a few other things I wanted to touch on, but let's wrap up the show. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Love, Alexi. Uh... And you know what? I don't care what everyone else says about you. I love you. Thanks. Now leaving Nerdist.com.